everybody, but everybody is coming to see Puffin' Stuff. feature of family entertainment. One year in the making, Universal Pictures brings you the biggest musical fantasy since The Wizard of Oz. Starring Jack Wilde, the artful dodger of Oliver. Billy Hayes as Witchy Poo. As Boss Witch. It's happy hour now. Mama Cass in her first feature picture as Witch Hazel. I'm trying to save it, lady. It's too nice to let it get scorched. Fire, fire, the castle's on fire. How do you get out of this chicken outfit? Hello! Benjamin! to the bloody pit tonight a very strange subject for an episode not as strange as some might think but boy this is a zig when you think we might zag tonight we talk about well i'll hold off for a second right now gathered around a table are far too many people to be on a single podcast and they already know what we're going to talk about because isn't it in the title of the show but i want to wait until i can figure out how to mispronounce it <laughs> all right, all right. Continue. I mean, he I... said continue. <laughs> oh, we're off to a round. <laughs> to my to my left, clockwise around the table, we have Beth. Beth, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Next to her is someone who podcasts with me fairly frequently. What is Too your much. name? What is your name, sir? Troy Gwynn. Oh, that's right, Troy. I forget sometimes. <laughs> Joining us for the very first time, and God knows probably the last, <laughs> we have we have the staff infection. No, the staff infection. No, Stephanie. Staff, what are we Hi. calling you? I don't even know what we're calling you tonight. Steph is fine. Steph is good. Mrs. Yeah. Hazard. Mrs. Hazard. Yeah, the staff infection. Call her, call her anytime, right? <laughs> yeah, girl. Just call, don't call me late to dinner. <laughs> We're three minutes in, already yeah. down the toilet. And I'm usually the one that ruins these shows. You're welcome. You're welcome. To my right, we have constant annoyance. Hey. John Hudson. Hey, everybody. Tonight, we're going to talk about a very strange little time capsule from 1970, something that sprang from the foreheads of gods. We're, of course, referring to Sid and Marty Croft, and the name of this feature program is Poofit... No, Puffin' Stuff. That's right. <laughs> Puffin' Stuff. I'll get this right. Hold on. Um, if you are unaware of Puffin' Stuff or the television show from which it came, H.R. Puffin' Stuff, you are 
young. (laughs) (laughs) Darren fucking T, you are younger than me because I think all of us are of a certain age where this television show, the characters within, and this feature film to a smaller degree infected all of our childhoods in ways that honestly Mm. probably only come out in therapy. Now, (laughs) let's start by the... uh, I just want to state right up that... uh, First of all, it was it was Beth and Steph that were talking about wanting to, to, to talk about this because Beth and you, Steph, that sounds like an HR. That sounds like a uh, like a, a, a like tax a Sid Marty Crop. Like sounds like a Sid Marty Crop. <laughs> yeah. like, that's like the when they do a nineties revival with an all girl cast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when they did the girl odd couple. Yeah. <laughs> they did? Yeah. I don't remember that oh, at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, they did that. Then they did the the black odd couple, which was true, uh, true. Yeah. Damon Wilson and Ron Glass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, we are back on track. HR Puffin stuff is a very strange show, and it is one of those things where the two of them uh, di- discovered their mutual love of this. And I just thought it'd be a good idea first to kind of go around the table and uh, try to determine what was your first encounter with the Sid and Marty Croft television show HR Puffin stuff. And it, it wasn't even the first Sid and Marty Croft show that you remember mm. seeing. Mm-mm. My, I. I I have no idea what year or how old. I just remember that it was the conglomeration show. It was all oh, the in one. Sid Marty Croft. It was the, the, the what was it Super, Super Show? Super Show or something like that? Super, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Show yeah. from like '76. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, was it hosted by the Bay City Rollers? No, it was Captain Cool and the Kongs. <laughs> that was just part of it. Now that was just part of the show. They were the hosts of the show. <laughs> oh, but the, I thought the Bay City Rollers were the no, no, no. That's the Bay City Rollers show. That was later. Mm-hmm. The Croft Super Show was hosted by Captain Cool and the Kongs. Mm-hmm. Okay, getting so, it on. So you know, no, no idea exactly. <laughs> no, like, I, I just I know that I had previously seen some of the stuff individually. But the only way that I got to see a lot of it all the way through was with the Super Show. But I had seen the Bugaloos, and I had seen uh, Puffin Stuff. Um, I did not see Lids until much later. Um, but the ones that I remember the best are the Bugaloos and Puffin Stuff, probably because I had crushes on all of the little boys in all of the little yeah. Exactly, yes. So those are the ones yeah. I remember. So it's totally out of order in my brain now because I'm old and killed brain cells in between there. So I don't know where those things bridge, but I just remember seeing it in several different ways, seeing you know doing the Sid and Marta Croft in several different ways. Um but did, did did you have the crush feeling when you were watching uh, Electro Woman and Dinah Girl? I'm just curious because that's where I realized I was a man. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, really. <laughs> um, considering, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, spandex, <laughs> spandex. <laughs> but yes, yeah, we had a mad crush, and of course, oh no, it just the uh, the thing that kind of freaked me out about the puppet stuff was the full-size puppets. It was like, it's like, they're not really puppets, but they're like full-size puppets. So it's like, okay, well, that's kind of a thing in my head that I had to get past. But, you know, he was there, a little Jack Wild, so that's okay, because, you know, I'm going to watch it anyway. <laughs> okay. Troy, do you do you remember when, uh, when roughly you think you may have first encountered the HR Puffin stuff show? Well, my earliest memories of, a, of, of any of the crop shows are the Banana Splits. 
Um, which, oh, which, yeah. which, and I think mm-hmm. that wasn't wasn't the Puffin stuff. Wasn't Puff, he appeared? Went there short versions of, of like HR Puffin stuff. Sorry, went to put short versions of HR Puffin stuff appear on on uh, or not? I'm trying to I don't think, think that think there was. So. I thought maybe they were like that, that that the character debuted on Banana Splits, but I think, but I guess that's not true. I don't no, think that's so, what, but okay. I'm not a hundred percent on that. Okay, so yeah, so it would be the, probably the Banana Splits, and then HR Puffin stuff would would have been the thing I would have seen right after. Well, there, that, there came so. there came a point when uh, several of the shows were in uh, some form of rerun or, or, mm. uh, well, or cycling yeah. through as parts of different shows and so there mm. became a point where mm. they kind of all would merge together if you were watching them you know repeatedly because because yeah. there were several oh, like, they, yeah they do in my memory yeah. too so there were yeah. several like uh, broadcast shows that weren't the actual Minstead and Marty mm. Croft that put those live actions all together mm-hmm. like yeah. on your Saturday morning slot or in your afternoon after school slot mm-hmm. so and then occasionally some of the characters would guest on variety shows and all these weird things in the 70s mm-hmm. that's how Witchy Poo and HR Pub and stuff would occasionally turn up on <laughs> things like the Paul M. Halloween special <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. love it okay. and uh, it was Martha Wet- Martha Ray right mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. started she did the okay, and now I'm going to get her title wrong because I was supposed to remember it. What's the head the witch? Boss witch. Boss witch. But she was the boss witch in the movie, and then she went over to the Bugaloos. Benita Bazaar. Benita Bazaar. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Steph, yeah. when uh, do you do you remember when you first encountered the HR Puff and stuff? Stuff. It was. It was actually the HR Province of Series. Okay. And little Jack Wild. Um, who is like mini Davy Jones to me. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, he's like, like, he's like you know, Davy he's Jones. a little Brit and uh-huh. he's like sings his little songs and he's really sassy and cute. And that's when I became an Anglophile. <laughs> and then the Bugaloo. There was a strange tingling. Yeah, I got this tingling in my loins. And I was like, what is it with these British boys? And then you wanted your own them, singing flute, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 we've already, already got across that joke off my list. <laughs> it's a band. It's an exotic ones band practice happening right here. Yeah. <laughs> we have lots of innuendos happening, but yeah, Jack Wild and then the Bugaloos. Oh, the Bugaloos. The bee <laughs> in his flare. Oh, the sidebirds and the flares <laughs> and the the accents. I'm like, that's when I was obsessed with British boys because of Cinnamon Ray Cross. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Hudson, do you have any 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 strong <laughs> memories of when you first encountered them? It's probably was well, definitely similar to Troy's. I remember watching the Banana Splits as it aired because if you haven't guessed. Dear listeners, Troy and I are a couple of Methuselahs. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, indeed, we are. <laughs> yes, creeping toward retirement age. Yeah, that's back in my day, there was a thing called sitting Marty Croft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they had puppets, and we liked it. Yeah, that's right. We had to turn the television on an hour in advance just so it'd warm up and we could view things. Stand over there by the TV and hold the bunny ears. I'm pretty sure I watched Banana Splits when it was on and Puff and stuff, most likely as it was first run. Because I know I watched Lidsville from the first episode and was really mm. excited about that. Okay. Which means I had to have been, the pump had to have been primed with puff and stuff. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, like Steph, my pump was primed. It's a lot more uh, strange, pubescent sexuality mm. happening here around the table as we reminisce about well, our first encounters with this with this mm. stuff. But okay. well, honestly, one of my main points watching the movies, I think the whole thing is a uh, allegory for 
for puberty because, of course, to a degree, only yeah, Jimmy yeah. suddenly finds his best friend is his magical flute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think oh, about yeah, that. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, <laughs> some Terra commentary going on and, this uh, than just that. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and what tickles me is the flute. He, he gains and loses weight. And so it's like, you know, sometimes he's bigger and sometimes he's smaller. <laughs> oh, the yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. he can talk and sometimes he's just a jibbery glue. Sometimes he's flexible and sometimes he's not so flexible. <laughs> Strange how that might I had work to get, out. Had to get that in, sorry. <laughs> you know what really surprised me in researching this was that, that there's only... I was surprised to find out that there was a 17, 17 episodes. Does it not seem to all of us that there was oh, like much more? You know, it's really all the shows that we watched when we were little. Yeah. You would think mm-hmm. like, oh, there must have been a thousand episodes of that. Yeah, but there yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's like when I discovered over and over again. Yeah. That's like when I discovered how many episodes there were of all these these uh, cartoon shows that I remember fondly <clears> from my childhood, like Hong Kong Fooey or Speed Buggy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? There were only like thirteen of those. Yeah. You never remember. 13, you never yeah. remember at that age saying like, "I've seen this ten times already." Yeah. It's like somehow you just enjoy it constantly yeah. all the time and don't even really think about how many times no, you've seen no, it. I guess, exactly. but yeah. Well, nevertheless, when my my first encounter with Puff and stuff, I guarantee you, uh, was at far too young an age because <laughs> the show scared the holy living fuck out of me. <laughs> uh, I have never talked about this except with therapists, of course. But this is the way it goes, folks. <laughs> Uh, I stayed away from H.R. Puff and stuff and all things Sid and Marty Croft live action for as long as humanly possible because at some young age, and I'm pretty sure it was not necessarily H.R. Puff and stuff, although there's some definite memories of that freaky ass fucking dragon doing shit in cowboy boots and just didn't seem natural. <laughs> <laughs> but I know for a fact that Sigmund the Sea Monster creeped me the fuck out. Oh, I know. So. I, as a youngster, encountered it, went, that is mm-hmm. not Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is, but it needs to stay on another channel while I'm doing something else. <laughs> so for a very long time, I did not encounter it. And I do remember, as I grew up and got into the area of, oh, I don't know, 10, that somehow that damn show was still creeping around somewhere. You'd turn the channel and there it was again. <laughs> what the fuck? Why won't it go away? It's too weird and creepy. And that dude's carrying a flute around. It's like attached to his tit and keeps talking. What the fuck? He keeps it in his pocket. I didn't know that. You're just like Michael Jackson. You did not have a normal childhood. (laughs) I suspect I had a more normal childhood than everyone who embraced this show. That is not Holy shit. No wonder you hate slip covers. (laughs) (laughs) I hate slip covers because I like trees. Now. Hippie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've been called that. Okay. <laughs> damn, I kid. Damn hippie. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, what we have here <coughs> is uh, a, a show that was uh, already a success while they were still uh, still in production, which is really strange. It's enough of a success mm-hmm. that Universal yeah. Studios actually approached them about doing a feature version of the show and that is what they did now what they did is they they sat down with the very complex and nuanced scripts that they had and decided how can we turn 17 episodes of a television series into a 90 minute film and god damn it they found a way because the series was in 69 and the movie was in 70 (laughs) well it it was broadcast from 69 to 1970 originally Mm -hmm. and then 
they they kept rerunning it in different ways mm-hmm. for almost the next decade on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. uh, as part of those different uh, compilation shows and things like that. And the uh, the the never ending force the forces that forced them to put into uh, production all kinds of different similar shows. Like of course you were mentioning some of them, like uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters and all these all these other shows that are of a similar type. Those characters would occasionally pop up in other places as well. Not just on uh, variety shows, because of course, Witchy Poo became an icon. It became mm-hmm. one, she became one of those characters that would not just show up in something like the Paul and Halloween show, mm-hmm. Bay City Rollers. She would get invited on to, to, to talk shows and would, mm-hmm. and would come, in, uh, come in the makeup and everything of that. And, and so it was pretty damn interesting. It became enough of a phenomenon that it kind of leaked out into you know, adult worlds. And even, if, even when you weren't watching it, you were aware of these characters. Of course, this is back when we had uh, three major networks, and so if it was a big enough phenomena, then it kind of permeated everybody's mm-hmm. sensibilities. Mm-hmm. But even when the movie came out, it didn't really, they didn't release it very wide. It didn't get a real, yeah. it yeah. didn't really get a good release, I didn't think. It didn't do particularly well as a feature film, which I guess shouldn't come as too much of a shock. I mean, the way, the way, the way to have done this would, be, would have been to have marketed it as some kind of kids matinee thing but then at the same time they're releasing it in 1970 when you could see the show every week at home and, right and mm-hmm. kellogg even sponsored it they yeah, had something yeah. to do with it and mm-hmm. they did a, a little bit of promotion but from what i read there wasn't that much like there were mm-hmm. toys or you know anything that came out right when the movie was released yeah the, the marketing but, the marketing and merchandising mm-hmm. stuff started to kind of trickle out after that and of course now we we have we have bobbleheads still of HR Puff and stuff. Moving on the table right now. <laughs> and am I right that the they finally did get around to re-releasing the movie, but the first re-release was on very late v, very late VHS. Yeah, yeah. Right as VHS was going away, they decided to release <laughs> yeah. it on. VHS. Yep, and the first time that I ever saw it, I never saw it in syndication, was in the um, probably early 90s, the Disney Channel, when they mm-hmm. started, yeah. would mm-hmm. have like more adult things at night, not mm-hmm. just like the kids' shows. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I remember seeing was the Puffin Stuff movie, and I actually mm-hmm. taped it, had a VHS of it for a long mm-hmm. time, that was the only time I ever saw it broadcast mm-hmm. or anything. I never mm-hmm. saw a VHS in a store. No. Were you even aware of it before you mm-hmm. saw it pop up on Didn't know about it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. because that's the thing. I'll admit, until... Uh, we were over here at y'all's house, and mm. you threw in the, the the Blu-ray of it. I wasn't even aware there was a Puff and Stuff movie. I, did I wasn't not either. I didn't. I never knew that there was a movie. Yeah, Ryan bought it for me for like my birthday or right. something. Like it didn't last summer. It didn't get a DVD release until like the early two thousand, right? Right. Which, is, like I said, it seems like something like this. I mean, you can current. I mean, currently the series itself is still available on as part of a, as a DV, as a DVD set. But uh, it's uh, interesting that that show, which from what I can tell, still sells pretty well on DVD because there are people who want to be able to revisit that show. Uh, not me. But, uh, <laughs> boo. Uh, boo. I, I like to. I like Party to. Be, I like to be able to sleep. But the, uh, <laughs> the, You're the, horrible. <laughs> but the fact that the movie, the the feature film, has made the leap to HD before the TV series is interesting, and I guess it plays into the fact that Universal has the rights. 
to the film because they co-financed it. And so Universal has controls over control over who they might might sublease it to out to to, to release on uh, any kind of digital format of any type. Whereas I think the TV show is still completely controlled by the original entity that produced it. So while it's still available on DVD very easily, there's a part of me that is a little disappointed that a film this weird didn't have more extras on the Blu-ray. Ooh. Just kind of there's none. That, I know. <laughs> well, there's there's like a there's so like a trailer. Ooh. Yeah, that's it. That's that's it. That's, I mean, it. that's wish, your extra. I yeah. wish they'd at least done the the soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? I have know. The sound another you know, so that. And just have them. I would have scoffed at that until watching the film and realizing that I'm gonna I'm gonna publicly announce this. I swear to you, I think I fucking love all of the songs in this damn movie. Well, They're the brilliant. So, well, the songs are really good, and there's a reason for that. They're written by um, and now I can't find the names. It was um. It was. Were, were, the were they? Here. Were they people? Were they? Persons? They were actual real people. Ah, good. And good, it was good. Charles Fox and uh, Gimble was the other guy. And the uh, I can't. I don't see his first name now in this scribble. Norman that, uh, Gimble, Norman Gimble and, Charles and Charles Fox. Was the they first wrote, time um, they gave, they teamed up. Yeah, and they later wrote the themes to Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. Ooh, they and, died. And, and Charles Fox, along with Paul Williams, wrote the Love Boat theme. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I thought that was just Paul Williams. Okay. No, no. That, see, that's what he would want you to believe. <laughs> <laughs> because Paul Williams is a glory hound. <laughs> that's right. Short that, that's a man known for ripping off songwriters. <laughs> if you yeah. know what I mean out there. We've seen, movie, that mo- we've seen that movie. We've seen that movie. All right. So, yes, my, the, the prompter in my ear has, I've got, uh, has, has uh, just wired in to... to Prompt me to mention that the uh, the Blu-ray Code Red put out a Blu-ray of the movie. Mm-hmm. Of uh, yes, yeah, so that's Code Red that released that. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. They okay, released okay. the Blu-ray. Is that the one you uh, bought uh, me? Yeah, that's that's the that's the only Blu-ray of it that's come out. And I'm what, not on this podcast, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby Hazard's here. Yes, Bob. He's Bobby. lurking in, in the, the lurk, background. And he's like lurch, lurking in the lurching. <laughs> <laughs> lurching, sorry. That's a hey, lurching, lurching, lurching. That's in a the bird, rafters. Right? I like that. I like that lurching. Yeah, but no, the uh, the the real the realization that 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 film is kind of a. I had to say, I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy going through all 17 episodes of the TV series. Oh, you will. Well, but because well, he might want. for this because it does feel like that this film having having really kind of looked at this film because we did watch a few weeks ago the very first episode of HR Puffin stuff. Which oh, it, cool. Yeah. Just because it's it's sitting on YouTube. They, they, they put it, it it's put up there and it's legal and it's all, and and you can go ahead and watch it and oh. trying to find the others is a freaking disaster area. But the fact that I felt like the 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 film kind of Kind of boiled everything down and focused it in a way that the t- that the TV show feels like it's so much more episodic, whereas this feels like which would it a, a make nine, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episodes. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, as, as in dragged out and slow and ah, kind of repetitive. Okay. Whereas the film, there's no. It, I don't feel like there's any uh, fat on the film, whereas oh, the TV series kind of meanders. Yeah. Uh, because it has to meander. That's kind of the point of you know mm-hmm. doing episodic television is you kind of have to circle back to the same point so that all the mm-hmm. episodes can be shown in any damned order and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But this film really feels like a, a nice focused piece and I honestly didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. But I tell you, once again, what won me over was those, was those songs. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The, for me, the, the best part is Billy 
Hayes. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh she's over. She's, she's, she's amazing. She is until I until we did research on the movie. We I didn't realize she was a dancer, and so she has a dance background. So that's why when you watch her, she's just frenetic. Oh, she yeah. is yeah. nonstop. Yeah. Just she's just a force jumping, of nature. Yeah, she really is. jumping around, and then the cackling is like, how did she do that? <laughs> oh, how did she do that voice and, not and that cackle her voice and, not, after a day's and be day. able to talk through the whole movie? Yeah, because oh my god, it's she's got so much energy. So yeah, it, she's amazing. Well, she's what she's. She honestly makes the show in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, to have such a charismatic performer, mm-hmm. all fi- all five foot two inches of her. Mm-hmm. Be oh, was able- she that tiny? Oh yeah, she was a very small lady. Cool. To have somebody who's that well trained and is pr- and is good at projecting. I mean, she was a stage actress. I mean, she she got her start on the stage in I think nineteen forty six, and uh, became you know became famous playing uh, a role in. Uh, Little Abner on uh, Broadway, and then was able to do the same uh, do the do the same character when they filmed it the next year in '59, and so she'd become a name because of that. Uh, she hadn't started out in that role in Little Abner on Broadway, but they wanted her for it, but she couldn't get let out of her contract for the the stage work that she was doing at the time they wanted her. So another actress came in, did it for the first year, and then and then wanted to leave, and they brought her in. Finally, had the woman that they wanted in the role, and of course. Everybody considers her to be the person who made that role what it became. So what we have here is a performer who is able to do these big over-the-top things, has got uh, so much energy that it's almost it's almost like watching mm-hmm. lightning streak across the screen sometimes, mm-hmm. whether without the makeup and whether without the 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 uh, not necessarily well-working broomstick. So. <laughs> She she toured with uh, Betty Grable in Hello Dolly. Yeah, that was in the that was in the sixties. That was one of the big things mm-hmm. that she was doing right before she uh, she came on to do this mm-hmm. role. I, mm-hmm. It was amazing. She ended up doing just a lot of voice work for like yeah. the last thirty she years did, of her life. She did a lot of. She oh. did a voice in the Black Cauldron. Yep. She did a voice in Teen Titans. She did a voice in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Batman, um, the Batman animated shows. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Transformers. All kind, I mean, just so many different roles. It was insane. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 joy of watching her is that everybody else could suck, and it would still be something <laughs> to watch. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is, first of all, if you're listening to this and you've never seen any Sid Marty Croft live action production. Just go look at some pictures, and if they're in black and white, you're missing the point because yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like somebody vomited a paint store onto mm-hmm. the screen and then decided to create some characters out of whatever is left over on the floor. It's exactly. insane. The colors are bright. Mm-hmm. They 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 pop off the screen, and that mm-hmm. is that is something that I think that this that this film version does a very good job of. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where we start talking about the specifics of. <laughs> The, the the various characters because before we leave we Billy Hayes she was she did a episode of the monkeys yeah yeah she was in the monkeys and mm-hmm. uh, she was on Donnie Marie and Trapper John M D yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the Donnie Marie like, thing that was another production that the Sid and Marty Croft they were producing uh, those kind of variety shows at the time and so that's how that's how that crossover happened there the the Crofts. Ended up doing so many different things, including Pink Lady and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, yay! 
And if you don't know what Pink Lady and Jeff is, you're like 999,000 people out of 999,000. Because Google it. it. It lasted, I think, five episodes in 1991. Uh, and I'm sure I watched all five. I as did I. Very strange show. I got the album. Nerd. Yeah, yeah. She has the album of everything. Kiss in the did. dark. Sorry. Well, Sid, Sid and Marty Croft were a couple of guys who... Uh, who uh, they started out as uh, they started out doing uh, puppet shows first uh, as uh, individuals, and then they started working together in the 1940s. Uh, they created uh, a one man uh, uh, Sid created a one man puppet show called the Unusual Artistry of Sid Croft, which he toured with worldwide. Which seems kind of strange, but it's true. And his brother Marty stayed in New York using the puppets that he left behind to stage performances. So both of them were working at the same time. By 1957, they were working together, and they ended up creating this show that became a bit of a sensation called Les Poupées du Paris. Now, this was an adult... I pooped in Paris. (laughs) That's very close. Oh, no, I don't know about this. Okay, well... They, they toured with this show together uh, throughout the 60s, and it's a bit of an adult, it was a, an adult-themed kind of puppet show. Well, this was I saw that movie, Let My Puppets Come. <laughs> you can get it on Blu-ray this weekend through Vinegar Center. That was, it was later. I thought that was Meet the Feebles. Well, there's that too. Yeah. Let that was later on. Was first. That was, that yes. was yes. Okay, I have to yes. stop you. No talk of that movie. No talk of that movie. Oh, the Let My Puppets Come? No. Oh, my God. No. That movie is terrible. No. Oh, it's not. It's good. It's got that little that little person, that John Oates guy from Blood Sucking Freaks, is in it. <laughs> okay. Oh <my> God. <laughs> I'll be trimming this section out of the show. You should. No, no, no talk of this movie. But it is awful. Back, back, that back, to, back to the adult themed puppet show that they were doing. <laughs> See, uh, th- when I first re- when I re- read of this, I realized that I've got to do more research on adult themed puppet shows because I didn't know this existed. But here you can you can find online, folks, if you wish to seek it out, you can find the entire very uh, I, will, I will say risque soundtrack to this show that they did. And let's just say that I'm going to be plugging in one of my favorites from that particular stage show called "Let's Be Frank, Mr. Frankenstein," <laughs> which plays as a duet. Between a fake Boris Karloff and a fake Bella Lugosi. Enjoy. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> My dear Mr. Karloff, can you believe your ears? I think we're in danger of losing our careers. Lugosi, each story gets more macabre and gory. And poor Peter Lorre in tears. Let's be frank, Mr. Frankenstein. The horror business has become a fright. Going on throughout the day Then we dare to do at night Right! Let's be frank, Mr. Frankenstein The worth we ever did with theme a prank 
We used to bite her neck and drive a girl insane. But kids are doing that each night in love of lane. We're amateurs and slightly right. Mr. Frankenstein, let's be frank. Now, after that, they ended up being so successful, they built their own theater in the San Fernando Valley in California in 1961 called the Gilded Rafter. They were doing well Mm -hmm. with this kind of thing. And by 1964, their show was seen by the producer of the Dean Martin Show at the World's Fair that year. And he recruited them to come on and do a puppet segment on the Dean Martin show that at first went over like gangbusters. Everybody loved it until Dean realized that he was being severely upstaged by this segment of the show every week. And so that got pushed out of there after about eight episodes. (laughs) So lots of lessons learned there. Insecure, maybe? (laughs) Well, not only that, but it's like, hey, man. I'm the star. You're fucking with my money. (laughs) By the time that the 1968 World's Fair came along, they created a character called Luther. And if you ever see a picture of Luther, you're going to realize that he was definitely the prototype for H.R. Puffin stuff. So he kind of became, Luther became kind of the mascot for the 1968 World's Fair. And from there, things expanded because they were asked if maybe they would not like to produce a television series after having dipped their toe into it with something a little earlier than that. And so we eventually, after another show right before that, we get H.R. Puffin stuff where they have pretty much complete control over how it's made, what it looks like, and how it's produced. So what we end up with is H.R. Puffin stuff, which really kind of sets the template for these kind of shows that they would be making over almost the next eight years. The beauty of this is that this one, in a way, now I've not recently sampled some of these, But as I've said, Sigmund the Sea Monster scared the shit out of me. So (laughs) this seems to me the one that, although this one also scared the shit out of me, it did. (laughs) I'm sorry. There's a dot. There's a fucking dragon thing with cowboy boots. It ain't natural. It's not natural. And they keep they keep going. (laughs) They keep they keep going into a cave that keeps them safe. I don't understand sex. I'm a kid. I'm a kid now. Well, now, wait, I don't. now, wait a minute. It, I don't, this but is... I have several instructive tapes now that help me. Yes, like let my puppets come. Yeah. Oh, and you knew he was going to say it. You knew he was so going to say it. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to interject here because just, I'm just curious. So what, what is more scary to you, a dragon or a dragon with cowboy boots? Mm-hmm. Oh, dragon with cowboy boots. Okay, I just want to get that straight. You <laughs> say dragon, I can believe. Cowboy boots? Well, now we're pushing it. Something's wrong. Well, you have to Dragons consider. Dragons don't wear footwear. Come on. <laughs> you have to consider. It's called puffin stuff. Oh, I'm well aware now. They're yeah. as a kid. Some stuff. Yes. Oh, what was that? <laughs> okay. And yeah, they read too much into it, Beth. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. They're, first of all, it's not trying first to all, guess. This is anything but wholesome children's. Let's <laughs> establish right yeah. now, and I think we can all agree. Yeah. There are no drug references in this. None show. whatsoever. Right. No. No. And no one ever did drugs and watched this no, show, ever. Exactly. I, exactly. I don't know that that's necessarily true. There's too many people in the world. So <laughs> yes. I mean, come on. Somebody out there is going to be a freak and, and do some weird shit while watching a TV but show. I mean, come on. Right? Let's think about how this thing opens. I mean. Ah, yes. The, oh, you mean the opening credits? The, the thing with the boat? Well, no, 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 oh, no. Okay. Not before, we, before we even get to the boat, we've got okay. this... 
pubescent, doll, very, very hot little boy. Um, <laughs> well, now, remember, I, okay, but before we go too far, Charles Nelson Riley, right. before, before we go too far here. And the bloody pit got canceled that night. <laughs> Let, before we go too far, let's stress Remember, everyone, I was younger then. This is, Jack Wilde, when he was making this series, was 17. Yeah, okay. but he was, but he was playing. He was supposed to be eleven, and during the course of the mm-hmm. series, there's an episode where he has his birthday, where he turns twelve. Right. So, yes, you're sick. I am. Remember, I was little then. We I was tiny. young. I was okay. just getting my tits. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, st- the stork was bringing us. I was unaware. So, I think you're getting on his. So. <laughs> Sorry, I keep clapping. I stepped on his tip. Oh no. Okay, no, no. but so so here's my here's my question. Wait. So like, what do you mean by the the beginning? You talking about the way the movie starts? Yo, okay. So he's out there. He's like frolicking. Woo! Frolic, frolic, frolic. You know, <laughs> to a very dark British folk music. You know. <laughs> The fact that this isn't a video, I, I now, for the first time, regret this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> I do regret it. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, so <laughs> he's frolicking about. <sighs> but anyway, <clears throat> so he realizes, oh my God, I'm late for school. Now, how he can be late at, for school at three o'clock in the afternoon, I don't know. I don't know why he hasn't been at school. Maybe because he was out smoking some drugs. But anyway, so now. <laughs> oh, yeah, with his skin flute. <laughs> so now <clears throat> he is running, running, running frantically for school with his flute. And, you know, some random dog, you know, jumps up on the fence with him. I don't know where the dog is. Is this dog his? No, I don't know. But you know, sends him back. Yeah, so. he sends him back. No. He's a well-trained dog. When he, you know. But anyway, so he gets to the school. And, you know, there's this dramatic thing where he is tripped and puts his head into a bass drum. We're not going to read anything into that. But then <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> but then the... I hadn't even thought about reading anything into that <laughs> until now. But wait. But then there's the teacher who is a witch. Uh, exactly. She's, yeah, yeah, that's true. I she's, thought, yeah, yeah. she's kind of witchy, and you know, when she's like, "You're late," you know, I'm, "You're out of here. Take your flute." Yeah, she yeah. fires. She fires him from the base. Exactly. She fires him from. It's the a band. nightmare that I'm sure at least three or four people <laughs> well, around this table have had. And so, but and and it's just you know, I was drum major. Thank you. So it's like okay. So you know, then the drugs really kick in, and I think that's when he just <laughs> <The> goes. <drugs. laughs> I think that's when he just goes. And he, so you're saying the whole thing is he had a head injury from hitting the bass drum, right. and that's what the whole rest yeah, of the movie well, is. Yeah, yeah. Or, combined or, combined or, with or, some drug. You know, he's pissed course. off at the witch at school. Mm-hmm. He goes. He smokes another. You know, whatever he's smoking. opium, opium laced, <laughs> and then he's just in happy land with his <laughs> his happy flute, and he finds his it's happy very flute. happy flute, and you know, it's, so no, no, I'm not saying it's drug related. I'm I, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that you're insinuating it in a way that makes it obvious. Okay, well, right. Yes. I'll be I'll be that kind. Okay. So thank you. Now the question becomes what. One of the things, and this this factors into both the film and the TV series, one of the things that I think that I've kind of figured out from thinking back on this into my childhood is I think one of the things that freaked me out was you had the opening credits of the TV show and the opening section of this film when he gets onto the boat 
Mm-hmm. That's a real place, okay? Mm-hmm. That's Big Bear Lake in California, and it's beautiful, and it's scenic, and it's this thing, and they filmed those segments there, and it's like, then suddenly, we're in this mm-hmm. place that is obviously not real mm-hmm. with, like, way too many midgets. <laughs> and it's like, you get more than two midgets in one spot, and a little kid like me yeah. realizes, oh, God, these are adults that are that are... That are shorter than me, something's wrong. <laughs> How could you tell they were midgets though? They were all dressed up like little that spiders. And they were shorter than the kid. Something is wrong. <laughs> yes, Mr. Hazard. You can't say midgets. I just yeah. did. But you can't. <laughs> okay. Canceled were, for a second. There were, there, were, there were little people and way too many of them. Mm. And then occasionally they're dangling one from a string and slamming it into castle walls. What the fuck's going on here? But, That's not cool. And by the way, I'm still not on, the, on this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> <I'm> no, no. <laughs> I am disappointed that you decided to not be on this podcast and we're still just be on this podcast. We're going to cut you out, Mr. You Hazard. Fiji water drinking bastard. <laughs> hey, this is free. Fiji? <laughs> I got somebody gave it to me yesterday. Blasphemy. While, <laughs> while we're talking about little people, yes. not midgets, you Pardon horrible me. person. Hey, I was I placing would, myself back in my yard. I would never you say monster. something. I would never be so insensitive. Yes, never. never. Not in, you. Never That's in your you life for the past 10 minutes. Yes. This would be a good, spo- a good spot to talk about some of the little cast. Oh, yes, it would. Ah, yeah. the cast. Um, of little people. Because almost every little person in Hollywood was in this thing at well, the time. Well, I, I had known that Billy Barty was in it for a long time, but I didn't know any of the other folks. Well, Billy Barty, specific... Well, I'll come back to Billy Barty, actually. Um, I don't know exactly who they played, but, of course, Felix Silla and Angelo Rosito, you would expect to be in here. Mm-hmm. And we've been uh, we've been rewatching Buck Rogers in the 25th century here lately, and he played Tweaky in that. Mm-hmm. Felix, Felix Silla did. So. Yeah, and he was Cousin It. And, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And... Um, he was probably one of... Uh, he's probably Clang. He usually played Clang in the series. How can you tell them apart? Clang and Clang were like twins, right? I pay mm-hmm. attention, sir. Oh, well, well, bells. Little... Apparently they were supposed to be and... bells. I never picked up on that, but they actually were supposed to be two, two little... bells. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're and one of them was outfits. taller than yeah. the other. Yeah, really? Was really? The, yeah. He was the taller of the two. Yeah. I did not know this. And um, I never noticed it. Sharon Baird was in it, who is not a little person, just a very small woman. She was yeah. one she of the Pacuni in Land of the Lost. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she played the frog and the bat. Is that the one she played? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. she was the, the frog that was based on Judy Garland and mm-hmm. the, the stup- and Stupid, stupid Bat. bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Stupid and Bat. And then, of course, <laughs> Billy Barty, the, um, the head man in town. Uh, Billy Barty was Orville the Pelican and oh, yeah. Googie Gopher. And oh, I also goofy. think he was the little witch during the witch convention. There's a little witch running around. Oh, that yeah. That I think was Billy Barty. Okay. He had the face was very Barty esque. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. There's a there, there's a word I never thought I'd ever hear. Barty esque. Yeah. And I would also like I'm going to take this chance while I've got the floor. To, uh, <laughs> please, please continue to, to talk about the voice cast of this thing, which was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, uh, yeah in the series, Lynn Weinrib played H.R. Puff and stuff, but he did not provide the voice in the film. Um, no. The voice of the film, and this I had no idea, was um, Alan Melvin, who everyone is going to know as soon as I say Sam the Butcher. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. from uh, from the Brady Bunch, yeah. And he was also in every television show ever made. <laughs> he was our... brought Alice the Meat. That's right. That's right. Sam sure the Bunch, you bring in Alice the Meat. My friend would still run around with bald feet. Oh, God. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was interesting. I, it was a bit of a shock to find out the guy who did the sh- who did the voice of Puff and stuff on the show didn't do it for the film. Mm-hmm. But Lenny Wein uh, is it Weinrib? A uh, Weinrib, I think. Yeah. That's the guy who did it. He's the guy who did it on the television show. He turned traitor and did the voice of Grimace for McDonald Land. Oh, he's he's on the losing side. He saw where his burger was from. But he was also, if you want to, if you want to have another little wedge against that particular person, he was also the voice of Scrappy Doo. Oh boy! Wow. Alan Melvin also in the sh- the movie was um, Stupid Bat. Steph, you were asking about who did the voice of Stupid Bat. I love Bat. Stupid yeah. Bat. And yeah. he did a lot of voices over the years, which I, I somehow didn't know. I mean, I knew Alan Melvin was incredibly talented mm-hmm. from everything I've ever mm-hmm. seen him in. I love that guy, honestly. <laughs> he was a drooper in Banana Split <gasps> and was yeah. also McGilla Gorilla. Oh, right. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, continuing on with the voices... Um, Don Messick played um, Freddy the Flute and Googie Gopher, among a lot of other voices. Don Messick was also a million voices. But a legend. A legend. Yeah. Man. Famously, most famously, was Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, he was the original Scooby-Doo, yeah. Yeah. And one of my favorite voice actors ever uh, was in this, in a lot, was Walker Edmiston, who played in this film was Dr. Blinky, Ludicrous Lion, and The Hippie Tree, among a lot of other I was voices. about to say, oh, who, who did the trees? Yeah, because no, I Walker love Edmiston. the trees. And he, some of his voice credits, his other credits, are just amazing. Um, in Land of the Lost, he was the voice of Enoch. Oh, yeah. He was also, if you remember the episode of Land of the Lost, where they met the Confederate soldier. Sure do, yeah. Jefferson Davis Colley, that was him. Uh, he was the voice of Sigmund in Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Oh, he's, all right, he's all right. your source of your nightmares. Oh, that, like now I know exactly what he sounds like. You know, he sounds yeah. like you know pure hell. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was going back, and he was the voice of Balok in the Carbamite maneuver in Star Trek. The Corbamite, or I'm sorry, Corbanite. Corbomite. There you go. Good lord, it keeps drinking. Classic Star Trek. It's the Domesday machine. In That's it. right. <laughs> and finally, speaking of nightmares, my friend. Oh God. He was the voice of the Zuni fetish doll. Oh, in really? Trilogy of Terror. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Now that—that's yeah, a nightmare we all share. That's, yeah. that's a that's a, a serious uni- resume. That's yeah. a that's a universal fear, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, so. one other uncredited role, and I think many of the costumes was the Invisible Chimp. Wondered where you were gonna hide the dildo. That's what she said. <laughs> no, she knows where it's gonna get hit. But nevertheless, what we have here is, of course, me constantly, always, every time regretting that Hudson is here. Yeah. <laughs> now that we're all past that. The invisible chimp was the the one that helped get the smoke to the castle. He was in it. <laughs> he was helping the gopher. <laughs> yeah, he was helping the gopher. <laughs> now let's talk about form versus function. If you're a kid and you just you can accept this surrealistic landscape, which apparently I couldn't and all of you could. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> what you have here it made perfect sense to me I don't know yeah, what you say you're, you're, <laughs> I'm thinking, you ain't right boy I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> something was either right or wrong with me but I don't know anyway you're outvoted at this table <laughs> I, I knew I was when I sat down but the the thing that I can now see as an adult and I don't know if it ever really permeated a kid's mind is just what this really is what it really is is just a it's just a live action fairy tale mm-hmm I mean, you have all the things that should tell you this to begin with. Mm. You've got an evil witch. Mm-hmm. You've got the evil witch's minions. Mm. You've got things that really should automatically put you in mind of something that every kid would know, especially even by, especially by the 60s, which would be the Wizard of Oz. That whole idea of there being an evil witch... Uh, the film has him, you know, struggling to, f- or was it the first episode of the series? Oh, now I'm mashing them together, where they're trying to find a map to the road that's going to get him home. That was the series. That was the that series. Was that was the first episode of the series. I am mashing them together. So the 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 kind of one to one parallels between Wizard of Oz and H.R. Puffin stuff are there. Well, I think Narnia too. You know, it's it's it's, right, it's you know right. with with uh, Puffin stuff in place of Aslan. You know, instead of a lion, you've got the dragon. Right. Very much right. More, yeah. So it's it's, it's as like, the protector. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the the and of course this is this is the weird thing. He's the mayor. H.R. Puffin stuff is the mayor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, was there ever a firm idea of what H.R. stood for? Because I just always what really thought it was probably something like. Uh, his royal puffin stuff, or something like that. Or they am I said wrong? it was it was supposed to be stand for royalty in some way. Oh, but they didn't specify like what. No, t- it was just letters. something okay. that I read because uh, when he was, they were being accused of it being about drugs. They said no, that HR stands for royalty. <laughs> so I don't know what that was supposed to stand for in drug use, but yeah, any, any, well, who the hell knows? I mean, not that any of us would ever have enough well, knowledge of right. no, no, drug paraphernalia right. or strange objects yeah. used to ingest illegal substances. So who the hell? We'll never, we'll never know. It's a mystery. You have to stay that way. Heroin riddled Maybe dragon. that's the HR. It's heroin riddled. <laughs> heroin riddled puppies. Well, I mean... There is the there is the obvious thing which they which they leaned on for years, which is the whole idea of kind of taking uh, Puff the Magic Dragon as an inspiration and using that as a as a jumping off point for concocting a name, which makes enough sense. I mean, yeah, but when you look at this, I mean, it really is kind of your basic fairy tale. It's good versus evil mm-hmm. with a with a touch of Stranger to Strange Land, and that whole Stranger to Strange Land thing is something that the Sid and Marty Croft television series always seemed to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean. What what is Land of the Lost any more than you know Strangers in a Strange Land? But not every series had a cigar smoking toadstool. <laughs> I think that that is that yeah. sounded like what, what did the toadstool was was, the, was he Edward G. Robinson? I think that's what the toadstool. Yes, well, Cagney like. was the was it Cagney? toadstool. <laughs> who was Edward G.? He, he was the fireplace. Fireplace. The, ah. with, he who also smoked a stogie. Mm-hmm. It had one of my favorite lines when they're getting him to put out the smoke, and one of them says, says "Puff away, sooty." I love that. Puff away, sooty. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, so yeah, when I was a kid, I saw this. I saw this weird conglomeration of various elements as outlandish, off-putting. 
I think I figured out over the years that it just nothing felt solid enough. It felt like somebody was making up things on wow. as they went along. Like reality wasn't real, so I needed a cartoon. God damn it, this mm. live action shit <laughs> was just too <laughs> fucked up. But now I look back at it and I can see so many different things in it. Not just the kind of fairy tale aspects of it, which I think is what ends up appealing to most kids. But what really yeah. kind of sets itself into me is it really feels like. Whether they set out to do it or not, they really kind of captured exactly that age of 11 to 12 for a little boy. Mm. And I think that that's probably why, well, besides the fact that obviously as both women at the table can attest. <laughs> not to say, you missed the whole target audience. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he's, he's cute. And let's, you know, and mm-hmm. let, let's, let's be honest. J- Jack Wilde was a talented little boy. He had been, he had been nominated for an Oscar for playing the Artful Dodger in the film of Oliver. In 1968, so this was a, he was an up and comer. He was good, and there was a certain level of talent and skill that was that this kid had even as a teenager. But the thing is, he's playing so he's playing an 11, 12 year old. And the third thing that I notice as an adult with both the series and the film is there are no zero romantic entanglements. Not even the idea of of love or anything outside of just friendship. That's it. That's all it boils down to. And it really does seem like it's completely pitched at the 11, 12-year-old level of viewing the world. And I wonder if the show had continued and they, if they'd done like letting him age and like, okay, so the next year he'd be 13. Well, 13 well, gets to be kind of rocky. You can't, you can't <laughs> age. an interesting age. Puberty. You can't age if you're in a drug-induced coma. <laughs> well, there's... <laughs> you, you can. You just won't age well. You'll become a stunted thing and maybe... You'll well, become the next little person who's slaving away at the castle. That's why there was only 17 episodes. <laughs> That's when he came out of the coma. <laughs> Could be. Oh, God. Would it be, would it, did anybody well, ever do a comedy sketch follow-up to H.R. Puff and stuff where Jack Wilde wakes up and goes, well, Jesus Christ, what well, the hell? Jack Wilde, it'd been, it been better out for Jack Wilde to be hat and aged. Dude had a shitty adult life like all of yeah. these kids actors. Yeah. Why do they always have shitty adult lives? And he did, well, too. <laughs> he, he, he had what looked like was going to be be a pretty interesting he did some really interesting films that just weren't successful yeah. right there in the early 70s mm. I mean they were they're impressive movies you look back on them but they were not financially successful and his mm. career never never really became what it could be and he developed an alcohol problem mm. and things kind of went sideways from there I mean he did clean himself up and uh, before the end but then of course Sadly, if you do know what happened with Jack Wilde, oh, yeah. he developed he developed cancer, and mm. that took him prematurely. And yeah. so there you have it. Sad oh, as can be. He was like fifty three when he passed. Yeah, yeah he was. Crazy. And they had, had his tongue and vocal cords removed, and oh. it was awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Thanks. Hey. Ain't this fun, folks? Yeah, this is, yeah. You're welcome. Let's bash. We never promised this was going to be a fun ride. (laughs) Next, we'll talk about Dana Plato. Yeah. (laughs) Dana Plato's Winnebago. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. This this podcast is going in odd directions. But I know Wild himself had said he got tired of being, always being, they wanted him to always play, like, you know, five, six years younger than he actually was. He kept getting those roles, you know. I want you to play, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, you're 20. I want you to play a 13 year old. I think that it, I think it was interesting that by the late 90s he had gotten his act together and had reached a certain point. We saw this. We saw this great interview with him where he talks about how uh, he'd reached that point where he was he was happy when people wanted it. You know, came up to him and wanted his autograph mm-hmm. and wanted to talk to him about you know his uh, his earlier career and things like that. But 
it took him a long time to get to that point. But mm. at least he had that before yeah. goddamn cancer, of course. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? But, hey, here's the amazing thing. <laughs> Witchy Poo outlived him by decades. Yeah. And she was 96 when she passed away. Mm. And she only passed yeah, away, what was it? 2001? No, no, no. Oh, she passed a couple away years ago. Like 2019, I oh. guess. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so she, you know, stuck around. Sorry. She was around mm-hmm. for a long time. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe it was that ball of energy that kept her going. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God, she had it. But when you were a kid, and I think this is this is something, we've gotten a sense of it from Beth, but for Steph, I'm, mo- I'm, I'm mostly curious about one thing, which is, I know there were songs, and I don't I don't know the TV series well enough, right? Mm-hmm. But I understand there were songs throughout the series. Did those the, 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 the songs from the TV series did they stick with you or was just the intro and the outro? Okay, so the theme, just the theme music, really. Mm-hmm. Like the intro and the outro theme stuck with me. So when we got to talking about the songs in this movie, which, like I say, I freaking love, and I did not, I did not expect to love the songs in this. I expect, and I didn't even expect to realize that I knew a couple of them mm-hmm. without ever having seen the film. Which means that one way or another, they got some kind of radio airplay back in the seventies, or I wouldn't have heard them. Right? There's just I, I can't imagine it. So, did you ever see the movie before the last few years? No, I only watched the series as a child, and I didn't know the movie existed till the last decade. Okay, okay. What do you think of the songs? I mean, are they the thing? I mean, let me put it this way: <clears throat> I can hear you guys and the exotic ones. Covering some of these songs, I really. Oh, can't. we should! Yeah, I, yeah, we I can't believe we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do "Zap the World." I was going to say the, "Zap the That's World." That's exactly right. To me, the two best songs are the witches' songs. The two yeah. witches' songs are yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. and the difference. Yeah, by yeah. Mama yeah. Cass. Right, right. Yeah. The Mama Cass song is fantastic. This yeah. is true. Yeah. She yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, so I thought I thought I'd heard that that song. Has is kind of become a, is a favorite among like drag shows, drag queens and stuff. And queer, it's, it's, yeah, the I, I queer figured community. it makes total sense. I mean, you totally believe that it would. The Mama Cass song, yeah, yes. right, which makes oh, total wow. sense. Well, you yeah. listen to the lyrics, yeah. like yeah. difference is heartache, difference is yeah. pain, mm. but I'd rather be different than be the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, who like being like oddball kids growing up, like who identify with the queer community? Mm-hmm. It's just. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> that song. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm the weirdo, but I like myself. But everybody hates me. You know, it's it's and um, what is it? Differences. Um, different is trouble for you only. Yeah, is right. part of the lyrics. Like mm-hmm. that resonates, man. Yeah. For anybody, yeah. whether you're queer, you're just an oddball, you're a geek, like. Mm. Like a horror movie kid, like we right. all kind of identify. Well, see, with that's, that. one of, that's one of the things that I didn't know. I don't know how many of because the movie we know was not as well seen as the TV series by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. So there's a part of me that wonders whether or not some of the songs that were in episodes of the TV series had similar themes. Where it seems like that, particularly that song, the Mama Cass song from the film, feels like it's a perfect little song for. For kids who are starting to move into those teenage years mm-hmm. to kind of wrap their arms around and to identify with to a certain degree because it allows you to kind of start moving into that idea of realizing because everybody, every freaking kid at that age 
feels like nobody understands them. They're all alone. They're you know no no, no nobody will ever like them. Nobody will ever understand what they're feeling or thinking. Mm-hmm. And so that song is a perfect example of that. But I wondered if any of the if any of the songs that turn up in the TV series had similar themes. If there was any kind of running theme like that through the TV series and not having seen but one out of seventeen of them, I didn't know if that was something that actually popped up in the series and. Have you, anybody have any idea if that happens? If I that's don't true? remember. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Sure. Because it really feels like mm. what I think of as kind of some of the best of. I always I want to kind of use the word sly, but mm. I think of it really more as intelligent ways of getting positive messages across to kids. The idea that because like you're saying with that song where the the message underlying it is a very positive thing, something that a kid could take to heart or just. Not just ignore completely, and it doesn't matter because it can just be an entertaining thing they're seeing in a production. But there, if there's more of that kind of stuff built within the series, I I think that it's it's another level of impressive that the Crofts were trying to trying to put these things out there. Because let's be honest, the Crofts themselves they knew they were freaking weird, and so trying to communicate that that's okay, not just to their own children but to that larger audience, seems like it would be. It seems like it would be something to to laud them for, but I can't find any specifics on whether or not they were trying to do that within the TV series, or if it's something that really just came to the fore in this film. Because it's it's a strong part of this movie, and it does seem kind of like the movie seems structured as kind of a sequel to the TV series, mm-hmm. like it's like the next step, not just production wise, because it's it feels bigger, obviously, mm-hmm. because they have more money. We have the, the budget was a million, which is actually more mm-hmm. than the entire series. Yes, right, yeah. right. Oh wow, yeah. I mean, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. It looks like an obvious thing where it feels like there's more space and, and they had more time to get things right at time because the, the slapdash production is one of the things that they kind of always lamented about some of the stuff that they had to do in that first series where they felt like they were just trying to learn how to get some things on on, on camera properly. Uh, I wanted to ask Steph, she, uh, do you remember... The- Okay, one of the things that they, you first see when you get to the island is these these little bird-like deal that come out with the, the big drum and it says the Boyds. Mm-hmm. Did they ever, were they ever like a thing? I can't remember. I, I haven't been through the series in so long. I can't remember if they were recording I don't remember thing. that in the series at all. They were in the series. Because they were? They were on the lunchbox. Oh, okay. oh, snap. Did you have a lunchbox? I've got one now. I didn't have one <gasps> as a kid. You have one? I've got yeah. one. Yeah, a friend of mine had one with a thermos and everything that he <gasps> gave me for helping to move a few years ago. Ooh. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm so kid, jelly. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted... Um, I wanted a cool lunchbox so bad, and you know. But you dad, ended up with that? No. No, my dad finally brought home a lunchbox. Here you go, son. It was drag strip. <laughs> Which, when you think about somebody who loves car racing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like I'm seeing all these other kids with like kung fu and six million dollar man yeah. and yep, yep, yep. land of the lost, and I've got. At least it was a highway patrol. I mean, come on. That would have been cool. <laughs> the thermos shaped like Roderick Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if he'd given you just a plain old black lunchbox, you could have called it the Invisible Chimp. That's yeah. true. <laughs> that good. would have been great. Hey, we got a guest appearance from Tootie. Tootie is here. Y'all can hear Hello, the bell. If our listeners can hear, bell. hear the bell, then that's, that's, Hi, that's Tootie. Hello. Hey, sweetie, come Thank on down. You. Tootie would fit right in on Living Island. <laughs> she would, little torty monster. Let's talk about Living Island for this yeah. movie, where <laughs> we all do. hope to dwell. Hippie someday. trees, yeah, right. Dr. Blinky. <laughs> so many characters on Living Island. 
And so many of them, of course, caricatures of, you know, film celebrities primarily. Um, do all of them show up in the TV series or were some of them fresh, fro- freshly made for the film? Uh, the Gopher was fresh. Right. And the Pelican. The Pelican, was okay. yeah. They had to come up with new roles for Billy Barty because the, <laughs> the television... Because they're already <laughs> paying millions. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you got to have something special for the Bart man. <laughs> He's the highest paid little person. <laughs> That's right. This is a man who took jobs away from Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Uh, yes, I, I, I have heard that story. This is true. <laughs> yeah, there are so many characters in this film that I, I okay. assume that most of them were just, yeah, that a lot of them don't even get identified in the film yeah. or even get a line. They're just this mass of characters. And so I assume that most of them were just all the all the characters they had from the TV yeah, show. they were. But, but okay. I didn't know that a couple of them were new, yeah. What an amazing place. Come with me, boys. Living Island is a most amazing place. Islands are serene, but this one's not the case. Go, man, go! With a hippie tree for peace and love. A rich, rich watch with time to spend. A frog that runs a record. <laughs> And of course, Jack. But um, uh, <laughs> uh, I would be interested to see what everybody's favorite characters were besides the main ones. Besides, oh, well, I've got a couple that I kind of focused on that just—I mean, and you're right. There's a lot of great characters. The ones that crack me up: the Nazi rat. Cracked me up. <laughs> yes, and, and, Which and, is and like I love and I love the psychic. fact that. Correct me if I'm okay. I may be reading too much in this, but his name is Jaime. Now, am I correct? It isn't Jaime typically a Jewish name. Yeah, which is very odd. It's actually generally considered to be a Jewish slur, if I'm not. Is it? See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I I mean, I do know that. I do know that uh, there's there was a lot of looking down their noses at people uh, referring to New York City as Jaime Town. Okay, which was considered a which was considered a. I know what you're saying. I have heard that, and I didn't realize that. Now that you're talking about it, yes, actually, I think I I have heard that before. So, so yes, the Nazi rat, just his 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 weird little, he's constantly interjecting little, you know, schnell schnell and stuff like that. It's just and throwing out the Sig Heil, throwing out the Sig Heil signal, and just oh yes, nineteen Seventy back it's a truly when inappropriate, yeah. Well, yeah. back when everybody agreed Nazis were bad. It yeah. was a different time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks to Hogan's he, heroes, they were funny. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Clink. He crossed over to the Bugaloos. He sure did. Oh. Arthur Ray. They oh, changed okay. his. That. They changed his outfit a little okay. bit and and updated him. But she had the same. She had Wolfer and Tweeter. She had the rat too, though, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't was, remember what Woofer yeah. and Tweeter okay. looked like, but they were her minions. Yeah, yeah she the had the, those two because she had the radio station. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was always, Bonita Bazaar. Yeah, 
but he can't. I was just going to say the other the other character of all the odd things to, to zero in on that just was cracking me up a lot is you know the witches. The group of witches are hilarious too, mm-hmm. and they each, I think the more probably if you watched it multiple times and and watched like. Other, you'd probably find that they each have their own shtick, but the one that I zeroed in on is one of them is drunk through the whole thing. The only time it really yes. calls any real direct attention to her is the one where they're saying they're doing the, the speech or something or the reciting their opening speech of the witches gathering now and she I think or something and she she goes on like the rest of them quit and she she stumbles like says a few extra lines or she goes too far lines and like mm-hmm. oh sorry you know that's the only time that they really actually focuses on something that she does, but through the whole rest of the time. I started just watching for the thing she's doing because she totally stays in character the whole time that they want because she's uh, this kind of like staggering and weaving through the and she occasionally pulls out this little flask and there's one like there's one like thing where they're all going to eat and they're all gathering around the food and she goes over to the huge pot there and she's got the ladle yep. and she like takes a sip of it and then she kind of makes a face and throws it down and pulls out the flask again and I just focus in on this this drunk one rich is supposed to be obviously an alcoholic and her name was Witch Way oh so she actually had a name Witch Way so alright so Steph what are your favorite characters oh <laughs> Uh-oh. Sorry, I just love Boss Witch. Oh, she's Boss like, Witch is great. Listen up, you happy harpies. Martha Ray's amazing. She in this she's yeah. freaking brilliant. And then she's like, eat, drink, and be rotten. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's my new motto. That should be on a t-shirt. No, <laughs> yes. She's so sweet. That's, that's it. What was what was your favorite uh, non-main character? Stupid Bat. Oh, yeah. Stupid Bat is awesome. Stupid Bat's a blast. Yeah, Stupid I have to grab the branch of that. I think, it, I think all of us at one point or another feel like Stupid Bat. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I love Stupid Bat. <laughs> oh, Stupid Bat is a classic. I got to say, there was one witch, and, I, I, and now, now that I realize that probably each witch has a, a real identifiable name, and it was probably listed in the credits, I need to go back through the credits and find mm. out if I can figure out which one this is. But... The makeups on the witches really are, are, are interesting. They're colorful. They're the mm. kind of, of stage makeup that, that plays very well because you can do all these kinds of different things. you got the fake chins, and you've got the exaggerated uh, cheekbones and, and the, the long noses and sometimes the like eye ridges and things like that. But uh, there was this one particular witch, and it wasn't the drunk one, mm. but there was one that honestly, there was a, there's a certain level of cuteness to a lot of the witch makeups where you, mm. you know, they, they're, they're, they're designed to put kind of a smile on your face rather mm. than anything else. But there was one of them that stood out because I swear, man, she looked like a bag of armpits. <laughs> <laughs> Something was wrong with this one witch where I don't know if they like ran out of the prosthetics that would actually fit someone's face. But I, I can, if we, if, we, if we like bring up a screen grab, I can show you and I can see her. Something's not right about this face. Something's gone seriously wrong here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's hard to know if it was intentional or not, right? I'm rid of a bag of hammers, yeah. not a bag of arms. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's... Sorry, sorry. I just oh, have to ask. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is worse, a bag of armpits or a bag of mashed up, mashed up assholes? <laughs> <laughs> one has attitude. <laughs> I'm not saying which one. <laughs> oh my good God. response. And you can make fart sounds with both. Yeah. Oh, true. Also true. good response. It's very true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> but the, the the joy of this, I I, I really do enjoy the mm. movie because it. First of all, it's 96 minutes. It moves yeah. exactly. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It moves really well. It's it's a musical where the songs don't feel like they're treading water. 
The songs are actually interesting and inventive and actually add to the story like a good musical should where the story, the, the music mm. is supposed to enhance and push along the narrative and they and they do here. This surprised me. First of all, I have to admit, I didn't realize it was a musical. Mm. <laughs> so was a bit of a shock and the first song out of the gate, you know, like you get you get past the credit sequence, you're expecting that. But you, for the first song you get to, I'm like, should I recognize this song? Hmm. This is a song that I think I must have heard on the radio. That very first song that, that uh, Puff and Stuff and the whole crew there sing with Jack Wilde. It's like, shit, I know this song. And so suddenly I'm realizing, okay, wow. Didn't know it was going to be a musical. Already have a song uh, under my belt here that I, I know I like. And then each one after that was a blast as well. That voice coming out of that head, though, for <laughs> oh, that yeah. Jim Neighbors song you. voice. Yeah. <laughs> like the parody Jim Neighbors voice. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, I did not expect that. Yeah, the, the, the difference between the puppet stuff voice speaking and singing is, you know, yeah, Gomer pile in, you know, that's for sure. So. <laughs> Which would make sense because Alan Melvin worked with the great Jim Neighbors on uh-huh. Gomer Pyle. There you go. How many. Different celebrity, uh, <laughs> celebrity little nods are there. Oh my gosh, yeah! Throughout this film, mm-hmm. it's like some of them are not obvious. Like mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the frog is based on Judy Garland, mm-hmm. and the reason that they had a frog based on Judy Garland is the Crofts had worked with Judy Garland on stage, and they loved her, and they wanted to include her in some way in the show, and this was their way of doing it, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of weird. He turned Judy Garland into a freaking frog. What the hell is this? <laughs> Well, supposedly the two talking gargoyles in the cellar when the gopher comes up look like the Crofts. Right, right. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. They look like Sid and Marty? Yeah. yeah. They were apparently based, they, they basted the sculpts on them. That's true. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. the uh, there's so many of those little things like that. It's like, okay, the uh, and, and apparently that's something that stretches all the way back. That's the reason I wanted to bring up the the uh, the the song in the uh, their earlier adult themed puppet show, which is you know has parody voices, you know the the fake Lugosi and the fake Karloff doing a duet. So this is something that they used all throughout their uh, the way they built their humor was playing off of the things that you would know just through celebrity culture in a society that still had celebrity mm-hmm. culture that everybody in the society mm-hmm. would have as a common reference point. Uh, we don't have that anymore. <laughs> it's like, yes, you people around this mm-hmm. table can sit here mm-hmm. and talk all night about yeah. Wednesday, mm-hmm. but honestly, it's on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has seen that show. Yeah. Whereas at the time, believe it or not, even adults knew what fucking H&R Puffin stuff was, whether they wanted to or not, or whether their children were crying in a corner because they had been subjected <laughs> to it. <laughs> it just keeps going back to what a panty It's all is. about you, isn't it? Look, it's all look, about you. Just we're going to old panty way. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> We're gonna hear about my trauma, suck it up, and you're it gonna up. like it. So, Daffodil. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you're a little hippie tree. I'm so confused. Your ancestors wore the Mayflower. <laughs> That's what I, I love that I love line. That line. <laughs> great, yeah. I couldn't. Okay, you know the song that they do that they introduce all the characters. Yeah. When they the were talking, Island song? Yeah. yeah, I thought they said "rich bitch watch." <laughs> I did too. Okay, yeah, I backed that. I was like, I backed that up and kicked on the subtitles. What the fuck did they say? <laughs> what did they say? It's rich, rich. They say the word "rich" twice. Oh, I thought they said "rich bitch." Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I but thought they did it was not. a rich wrist, rich, rich, rich bitch watch. Rich wrist watch. 
no, no, it's so it's no, it's rich, rich. We backed it up and turned on subtitles, and they had the lyrics, and I was like, okay. But either way, but it does sound like Rich Batch. Yeah, yeah, it really. And here's the thing: there's a part of me that wonders if that's not what they're really saying, but they're like gonna lie about it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It's, you get into that. You get into that uh, that area of uh, just how much you can get away with, and it's like they could have gotten away with that. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Here's something I actually don't remember. Is the movie rated G? Oh, I'm sure. No, it is. Surely, it had to be. Right? I mean, Planet of the Apes was rated G, so this thing. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. 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 Good point. All right. Yeah, it has to be rated G. You're right. So I don't know if they would. Well, it's it's obviously a film supposedly geared towards children. No matter what we may be thinking about <laughs> the drug the, references, at it. least the children with the guts to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the, 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 okay, the West Wind. That's you know the, oh, the, the John Wayne. The John Wayne. Oh, the John. Yes, <laughs> the, the John, John Wayne West, West Wind. Wind. Here's the weird. Here's the weird thing. That's a carryover from the TV series because the one episode that I've seen had him in it as well. I'm just sitting there going, uh, yeah, Oh, is he like in every episode <laughs> and the film? Did they carry him over to Sigmund and the Sea Monster and the Bay City? Was he chasing the, the Bay City Rollers around? I'm just curious now. But <laughs> anyway, so in the final analysis, I do enjoy this film, but I'm wondering for those for those who grew up watching the series, do you do you, do you think you like the film more than you did you did the TV series, or is it hard to judge because there's just so much change? There's so much difference between. When you saw them, you saw the TV series as a, as a young person, but none of us saw this film until we were adults. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, which do you prefer? Do you like one better than the other? Because all I've got is a single episode of the show, and I think mm-hmm. the movie's great, but I don't know what to think of the TV series. I I don't. When I was a, you know, a kid, it was the series, and I didn't know the movie right, existed. Right, right. And so I, I think that all my warm feelings are for the series but I loved the movie I loved the movie okay, okay. I loved it but I think that the reason I liked the movie so much is because I really enjoyed the series was it I mean did it just key nostalgia for you or were you enjoying it on a different level that's what I was I see it's, it's weird because it had been so long since I'd seen the series when I when I saw the movie there's so mm-hmm. much time in between I think it pegged nostalgia but the movie was just hilarious because it was like seeing Billy Case for the first time. And, uh, you know, just that it was a kind of a joy to watch. The, I don't, we haven't spoken about it, but the, the sound effects and the one liners. Well, the one, the one liners are great. Are hilarious. <laughs> yes, they really are. Yeah. The sound of it. I love the sound effect <clears throat> when she whacks people on the head. What is her name, Steph? Wilhelmina W. Witchy Poo. And what does and the what W stand, stand for? Whack! <laughs> <laughs> That's one of our favorite. She whacks stupid bat. <laughs> so, so Troy, was yeah. when you when you watched this film, was it was it more of a nostalgia kick, or was there something more to it this time around? What, what, well, what? I just was so surprised how much I enjoyed the film, and it oh, wasn't okay. because I didn't like the show. I did like the show, but now it's been years since I've seen this show, and I don't really know if I can answer a question about how much between the two, which I right. enjoyed most, because I, I know that I watched the Sid Marty Croft stuff every time, you know, if I was in front of the TV and they were on, I watched it. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that, like, 
you know, H.R. Puffin stuff was something that I just obsessed on or loved as a kid. I mean, I enjoyed it and, and, and got great enjoyment out of it. But, I mean, as far as, like, outside of it, in the way that I did monster movies or things like that, you know, it became, like, just one of my overall overriding passions. I just watched it if it was on and enjoyed it. Yeah. But it's been too long for me to compare, really, how I felt at that point to, you know, watching the movie now. But I do know when we were all we were going to watch the movie over here, my expectations were not very high even though I enjoyed the show, it's just that this kind of thing usually didn't work too well. You know, mm-hmm. when you do a t- you know, a movie spinoff from something that's been popular. Sometimes it does, but in most cases, my feeling going into it was, you know, I'm probably going to enjoy really get a kick out of this for about the first five, ten minutes. Right. Because I'm suddenly seeing, it will be, like you said, a nostalgia thing. I'm suddenly seeing all these characters again that I loved as a kid. But I was expecting the, the film itself to probably start to drag a bit after a while. Once you've gotten past that initial, you know... Uh, you know, well, that feel, that familiarization of, of like, yeah. oh, seeing this. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, that's really nice. So I was not as prepared for just how much fun the film is. And even, on, you know, how the pacing, you know, the fact it never right. slows down. Right. The, the way and the humor is so well done in the film. So much of it is so much so little. So much of it is not telegraphed, which I wasn't expecting. There's little one liners that they just drop in mm-hmm. at, at unexpected yeah. points. It just mm-hmm. even the second time around when I was watching making my notes. I was laughing out loud again mm-hmm. at some of the things they were saying. And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, this film was just they really the, they really did a great job with this. And everybody's the whole cast, you know, obviously Billy Hayes to start with, but everybody's yeah. just giving a hundred percent, man. It's so much fun. I did not expect this movie to cause me to like snort laughter. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. the the cur- the uh, Colonel Sanders reference when oh, she's yeah. cooking. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. yeah. What did yeah. she? What she said, going to make you finger licking good and then she starts to turn the rotisserie yeah. come on spin for the colonel <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just weird things yeah. The spit. Yeah. 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 Yes. there are all these little lines like that mm. that just feel like throwaways or the kind of yeah. thing that that somebody might like toss off in a rehearsal mm. that gets folded into the script and there's no way to know at this point uh. whether that's what was happening or yeah. not My, the other one I liked so much was when she gets sprayed in the face with the foam mm. and she sits up and she says, foul, foul. I get two shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, yeah. you know, was all, were all of those mm. lines like that built into the script or were they playing around and coming mm. up with, yeah. okay, what, what, what do we think is funnier? What, yeah. Let's do it a couple of different ways. Let's see I what, can definitely I see that. The people mm. coming up with just a line on the spot and saying, yeah, let's keep that or something, you know, like that's good or just, mm. a, you know, yeah. Like, or or, or, let, or let's do it. And they say, oh, go to heaven. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there were some great ones. Well, well, Steph, what was it like revisiting HR Puffin stuff so long after the uh, so long after the childhood memories? Oh, we we were actually all watching it together right. at our house, and I was like, I do not remember this being this funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it is nonstop hilarious, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I I it holds up to this the to the series. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember loving Witchy Poo and her being over the top, and she's even more over the top in the film. Yeah, and Ooh. we're just I it was I think mm-hmm. it was like Bath Troy and 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 John and I in the living room while you and Ryan were in the kitchen. Are oh, you like, talking about oh. geek stuff? I bet. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'd I like to like, go in, but I'm just, just man, I can't. I'm far I too just can't do it. They were involved in our conversation, but I'm like, this is amazing. Oh, we're all like snort laughing. Mm. It is so good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I think I enjoyed it more than the series as an adult. <laughs> I think my favorite single. I think my single favorite scene is the phone conversation between Witchy Poo and Kat. Yes. Where Hazel. they're just gossiping over it. It's so funny. They're both just hilarious. Like dish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that this is the only non 
you know, this is the only dramatic role that Mama Cass ever had. Mm-hmm. On, 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 on film, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and a she's real great. Show. She's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She lived next door to Sid, mm-hmm. and he asked her to mm-hmm. do it, and that's she right. did it as a, a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's really, really good, and she's got a real mm-hmm. presence. It's a shame that there wasn't more out. Well, I mean, she was busy being a singer, but mm-hmm. it's oh, a shame yeah. that she didn't live long enough to do more of this because she was really good. Mm-hmm. And I remember that night we all watched it because. Rod, we Rod hears it start, and he reacts like Morrissey near a hot dog stand. <laughs> he, he's off crying in the corner with his magic flute, <laughs> trying, trying desperately to find some way to kill the pain. A solid gold flute with a diamond skin condition. <laughs> My little flutey poo. <laughs> the way Billy Hayes. Could mm-hmm. turn on a dime with her voice. Mm-hmm. Go, go for go from this big smiling thing mm-hmm. where she's her voice is pleasant to. Yeah. How do you have my flute? <laughs> that, just that, that shift, that just instantaneous shift. It's like watching a quark dance off the edge of a knife blade. How the hell is she doing this? It's insane. But she's so good at and she. And this film requires her to do it mm-hmm. again and again and again and again mm-hmm. and again. And it's obvious that whether they built that into that character when they first conceived of it or not. It's her ability to do that kind of like really quick verbal mm-hmm. jump from calm to just stressed out and freaked out or pissed yeah. that they that they just allowed her to run with. And that's why I, that, that just keeps making me think, how much of this was just off-the-cuff stuff that fit mm-hmm. and that they would replace a line here and there? And like I said, that's those are the questions. I always have all these questions I want to ask people like the Croft people and things like mm-hmm. that. It was like, how much ad libbing was there on the set of that show or on the on that film? Just how much of it was on paper beforehand? And if they came and said, "Oh no, everything she said was exactly the way it was on the page," we were just really strict. I would be shocked. Yeah, but, I don't mm-hmm. believe that at all. I don't think so. Ever. I don't think so. <laughs> Well, Mr. Hudson, what do you? What was your your return your return visit to the to the the world of H.R. Puff and stuff? I think it was a combination of things. I mean, I loved love love the series when I was a kid, and I'm okay. sure that nostalgia built the foundation of the movie. But I loved the movie. I think it was just a lot of fun. And to quote uh, Jimmy, it beats the knickers off band practice. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Yes, I guess it would. <laughs> It is, it is an odd thing. Talk, that whole intro, and you talked about earlier, Beth, was, you know, you were describing how the stuff goes on that in, introductory little bit there before he ends up a living island. Is In most films, that would be, you would, something would, that would be set up a conflict that would be resolved at the end, you know, right. because you, I, they give the little exposition to explain his accent, like you got kicked out of England or whatever, you know, just to explain yeah, why like, he doesn't sound like any of the other oh, kids. Well, yeah, know? and that's really, the, I have to admit, the yeah. only li- mm-hmm. bit of dialogue in the film that feels a little um, mm-hmm. stilted, or pushed or forced is that thing where he quickly, you know, regurgitates knowledge that these characters are already already have to have, which is that his father got transferred to mm-hmm. the states, and that's why he lives in the states now. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right. What if we just not included that and just let him be the little British boy yeah. who's an outcast and not have not have to explain it? Yeah. it seems but, like we yeah. right. But even then, most you would expect most you know sets up this like this this his music teacher as this kind of living witch in his real right, world right, there, right, you know. Right. And she's even funny. I mean, the characterizations, I mean, during her couple of lines about, you know, all right, we're going to play our little hearts out. You know, she says it with such cynicism. It's just a great delivery of the line. But you think that, okay, we're going to build this whole story. He's going to get self-esteem and we're going to finally circle back around and no. he comes back and wins his place in the band. It's like, 
Nope. No, no, nope. he's, he's he's just going to live on Living Island the rest of his nope, life. He he's, he's gone. He just, he's not it, coming it, back. It beat him down so bad that he yeah. turned to drugs and went to <laughs> yeah, Tacoma. Exactly. Well, I, <laughs> when I think about it, the only possible way off the island was with Orville. And you had to think, how gross was it inside that pellet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, it's a man. <laughs> and he gets in there, there's a fish in there. Like, That's yeah. my life. Well, I, I just you know what I'll just stay. Yeah. I'll, I, I have my I have my own theory about why there is no uh, why there is no you know closing of the circle that the movie you know we, we don't have that that wrap up at the end and a cynic might say that it's because they were thinking of sequels, sequels right? Yeah. Well, they but, definitely were. I mean, after yeah. the end credits, you had the little tag where Witchy poos, you know, I'll get them next time. Yeah, yeah but uh, there's another part of me that thinks that the real reason might be that. Poor Jack uh, overdosed and is in a hospital in a coma. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. this is just us seeing inside of his warped little drug-addled brain as it slowly, <laughs> slowly dies the heat death of a thousand dying suns. <laughs> oh, no! Slowly drifts away, yeah. each brain cell dying is yet another character that'll just disappear and he'll forget all about. He's still my joke. So, boy comes a four. I think I think I might get smothered this evening. Anyway, you I, mean, I, might, I might do it if she doesn't. <laughs> but no, no, no. Surely it's all just a drug metaphor. Let's be happy. <laughs> so, and everyone. if anyone out there hasn't seen it, go watch Drug Achusets. Oh, 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 yes, yes. I, I, I did, I, I'm Show, glad you brought yeah. that up. There, there. The only comedic sketch that I've ever seen that follows up on this in a really funny way is the Bob the the, the Bob and Dave sketch show, Mr. Show, uh, Bob Odenkirk and uh, well, David, <laughs> David Slip, Cross, Slipping Jimmy, <laughs> was it Slipping Jimmy and David Cross? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Mr. Show from the '90s. They did one of the many sketches they did in the four years of that was Drugatusits. Or was it HR? Drugatusets, yeah. Uh-huh. Drugatusets or HR Drugatusets? No, it was the altered state of Drugatusets. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Where we have David Cross as a, uh, a, a, a an Ertzat, uh Jack Wilde dancing around and realizing that all these people are really fucking weird. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the little the flute with the little bong. Yeah, Highly, highly awesome. recommended. Let's take the cannabis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every single drug reference is oh, yes. <laughs> way over the top. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, Folks, I guess, uh, unless anyone has anything else to say, uh, uh, Puffin Stuff, 1970, mm-hmm. a winner. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. See it. An unexpected uh, an unexpected joy for yeah. me yeah. and uh, something that uh, will make me actually go back and eventually, when I can, watch some more episodes of the series just to see. I want to see if some of the, if there were other songs, whether they came up to the level of the ones in this movie or if these movies really were kind of a cut above. That's what I'm curious about now. There's great songs in the series. Mm-hmm. But are you Oranges, man enough? Oranges. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we, can hey. hold, we can hold your hand if you want to watch it. We, yeah. well, here's, here's, here's the thing. The thing that, that I might need like an emotional support dragon for would be Sigmund and the Sea Monster. i got to be honest with you. Well, you're going to get a dragon because I'm going to go find a Puffin Stuff costume. You're going to look. My you're sex gonna, life just went south. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night with HR Puffin stuff standing over you with a knife. Oh. 
No, you, you don't need that. You need a dragon suit with cowboy boots. Oh, that's a traumatizing. And a sheriff's badge. Yeah. I have a sheriff's badge. I'll be hand, hold, holding the knife in one hand and the cowboy boots in the other. It's it's clear to me, You're folks. You're talking a real bad southern accent. You're gonna die. You're gonna die tonight, boy. I should have, I should have learned this a long time ago, but uh, there's just some people you can't please. So, <laughs> <laughs> folks, I want to thank all of you for gathering yeah. around the table and talking about puffin stuff. Wasn't my idea, it but I'm really this, glad we yeah, did it. This group, may, we may never gather again for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But, but maybe we will. <laughs> uh, it's usually uh, it's usually me that's making that threat. I'm glad it's somebody else's time. <laughs> no, no, this is going great. I hope we do. He's anticipating your death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at this point, aren't we all? <laughs> so yes, I, I, I will say this. I would like we like, our our listeners out there. And, our age couldn't have done this. We were too, you know, even even the oldest of us, you know, we know who we are, Hood. Uh, yeah. uh, even the oldest of us was too young to have done this. But if there's any of our loyal Bloody Pit listeners who are, let's say, maybe another 10 years older, and wh- I would like to know if anybody did actually do any mind-altering substances at any point and watch an episode of HR Puff and Stuff, because that is the continuing running discussion everybody has about the show are the drug references you know was it yeah. how much was intentional how much was not all this but I would and you know well that show must, show must have been amazing to get high to but I would like to know if anybody's out there and you can have your name withheld if you prefer we yes. won't say your name but if you want to message us you know right to the bloody pit and let yeah, us know yeah. if, if, if you did actually at some point you know Alter your brain just a little bit and, and experience Living Island that way. Just let us know. I'd like there, to there, there's please, a part of me that please kind of, do that. There's yeah. a part please. of me that wants to wants to get, to get to get a little drunk and just see how, <laughs> see, see see if it gets weirder or if I fall asleep. I don't know. <laughs> and one other Sid and Marty Croft thing. If anybody out there, Troy just reminded me. He and I went to Atlanta last week with a friend of mine who I used to work with, who's a little older, who lived in Atlanta. And we oh, had yes, we, we ate at the CNN Center before the concert we went there for, and he was saying, "Remember when there was an amusement park here in the '70s, and and it was the Croft Amusement Park that they had in Atlanta." Oh, okay. If anybody out there actually went to this thing, because he didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't get to go. Right? He remembers the commercials, but he wasn't able to go. So if anybody out there. Mm-hmm. Went to the Croft Amusement Park. I would love to hear about it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Really? Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot Wasn't about there it. like a giant pinball machine that like you were, it was a ride that you were kind of in a pinball machine? Maybe. And oh, I, know I a, don't know. There was a crystal carousel. You can see it in the Croft Super Show. A lot of the Captain Cool and Kong stuff was shot there. Okay. But I would love to hear from somebody who has actually got to the, go to the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would yeah. love to as well. True. They wouldn't let anybody take any pictures in there. That's oh, why you don't, that's, wow. that's why you don't see anything about it. Is because oh, wow. they they were, would not let anybody take any pictures when they were inside the park. Did Rob tell us that? No, it was Rob an article I read. Oh, okay, man, interesting. Oh, man, interesting. man. That's, wow, so, that's crazy. So the, the pictures of the park, they're very. There's very few. Like you don't see a lot at all. So like the 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 being in the pinball and being in the pinball game. You you see the pinball and that's about it. Wow! Huh. Wow! Yeah. I wonder if there are any. I wonder how much in the way of publicity photos they allowed to get released. Anyway, well, that, that, yeah. If if you know anything about that, if you actually went to the place, uh, the bloody pit at gmail Write us and let us know about it. We'd love to know. 
Rod tried to go, but there was a sign outside that said, you have to be this much of a man. <laughs> 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 yes, yes. <laughs> and he didn't measure up. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just a picture of Sigmund and the sea monster in cowboy boots. <laughs> Standing outside, frightening me away. Ran all, ran all the way back to Tennessee. It was terrible. The weird thing about Sigmund, they called the daddy big daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of gross. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's an episode for another time. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, I'd like to thank very all of you. Said. Beth, thank you very much. You're so welcome. <laughs> please, don't ki- please don't kill me. Please don't kill you later. <laughs> Troy, it's coming. thank you very much for joining us for this. Enjoyed it very much. Invisible person who kept interrupting us. I'm not on this episode, but you're welcome. <laughs> Invisible <laughs> chimp. Who- and thanks for the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when you're going to do that. <laughs> Bingo! He likes to climb on things. Eek, eek. Steph? <laughs> Steph, thank you for your first podcast appearance here on the thank show. Thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> and Mr. Hudson, rotten Hudson. hell. Just rotten <laughs> hell. Oh, <laughs> that's me. That's not nice at all. Of course it's not. Hey, I want to say real quick to people out there that if you can hunt out there and find something called the Cooper Cast. And, uh, that oh, yeah. Actually, that's true. The, uh, yes, the, the, the uh, disembodied voice that spoke here uh, occasionally. <laughs> Uh, is the host of the Alice Cooper podcast we did, and Steph is on that with me, so it's still episodes floating out there. We cover all of Alice Cooper's albums, so uh, so you can go out there and find that if you want to hear more of Steph. And more and of the oh, you don't want any history. of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think would be fun, too, what? for Steph to join us when we cover Grunt the Wrestling Movie. <gasps> yeah. Grunt, 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 Grunt. Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's the best idea I've heard. I will be absent that evening. You're not mad Steph enough can, for that Steph either. can take my place. I will. Thank you. All right. Well, folks, once again. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. you got to tell them uh, no, what no. we're going to do. What we're going to do next. Oh, well, I don't know. When, 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 yeah, you need whenever, whenever we get to it, we've got to talk about uh, when, we, when we sit down to do it. But we've still, you and I uh, and Mr. Hudson have to sit down and do Stunt Rock soon enough. So. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Sometime Dance. in the spring, sometime in the spring, we'll uh, we'll who we'll cover which, stunt rock. Which podcast is that going to be on? That's going to be on this podcast, the Bloody Pit, because oh, okay. God save us all. They have forced me into it. There was gunplay. <laughs> Stunts and rock. It's awesome. He he enjoyed it, crying in the corner with his magic flute in his hands. (laughs) And 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 Rod, Rod, why there was seaweed dangling out of my anus? The next time, (laughs) the next time we hear Rod and I on the Bloody Pit here, we'll be continuing our '40s Universal Universal horror series. We'll be doing Son of Dracula. Not not Dracula sucks like husband would want us to do, but that's uh, a good movie. Is that a porno? Yeah, it's Jamie Gillis plays Dracula, and Annette Haven is in it, and. Parker and John oh Wesley, God. Seiko, that tracks. Serena, John Holmes. It is a all-star extravaganza. Before this deteriorates <laughs> any further into porno land, <laughs> Reggie, <laughs> Reggie Nalder plays Van Helsing, by the way. And it's too late. People, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon. I am Rod Barnett. Be very kind to yourself, because we're not going to be kind to you for you.